Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome. Uh, this is a very, very hot topic that we're talking about here today. I know that there's a lot of questions that the, the audience is likely to have. I know that there's a lot of questions that I still have, and I've been entirely focused on this for about five and a half years. I have a cannabis testing laboratory in Massachusetts. We do all of the testing for the medical THC, the recreational THC, and um, the hemp products that come through from um, the CBD uh, markets. So uh, we, we oftentimes hear a lot of terms bandied about. We hear a lot of concepts bandied about in terms of full spectrum versus the uh, purified or isolated or standardized um, versions of cannabis therapeutics. And we have an expert panel here of people who have uh, varied and diverse uh, positions on this and um, experiences with it. So I'm going to try and um, give them an opportunity to introduce themselves and talk about what they think are key takeaways for you to understand, to have a good understanding of the difference between full spectrum and um, non-full spectrum cannabis therapeutics. And um, then maybe a couple of uh, prepared questions. And then I want the, the bulk of it to go to um, audience questions. So with that being said, let's begin. I'd like to first introduce the, the, the panel um, and have them introduce themselves just a little bit. Uh, Dr. Shonda Macias. Yes, um, hello everyone. My name is Dr. Shonda Macias. I am the owner of National Holistic Healing Center. It's a medical marijuana dispensary in Washington, D.C. I am one of two cultivators for the state of Louisiana, and I am the chairwoman of the board for an organization called Women Grow. And with that, I would like to just give you a little bit about my history. I have been, I'm a cell biologist by training with an MBA in supply chain management. I am affiliated with Howard University and have over $10 million in research grants. And what I've been working on the last couple of years is really looking at ailment strain alignment. So when you come into the dispensary and you say, I have a condition that needs to be met, I actually align that with the strain and a mode of using the medicine. Because like all lifestyle changes, everyone has the individualized needs and um, benefits that they need to acquire. So we really focus on that. And as we pivot from um, cannabis into the hemp, we really are now focusing on medicine that is very similar but with still unique differences that can help patients. Thank you. And now we're going to hear from Dr. Karen Huffnagel. Hello, everyone. So I am the clinical science director for CFH. They are a vertically integrated um, whole spectrum CBD company based out of. Is that better? Can you hear me? Okay. I'm. Uh, I am the clinical science director for CFH. They're a vertically integrated uh, full spectrum CBD oil company based out of Colorado. Um, I'm also a clinician, private practice. I have functional medicine practice um, where I treat a lot of hormone, endocrine, gut-related disorders, and then I also am the functional medicine doc for a largest, one of the largest CrossFit facilities in the U.S., and so I've got a large athlete patient base that I work with and use CBD extensively in, in both of those clinics. 
um, for varying conditions, um, some more complex, some a little bit more straightforward in the athlete department. And I can expand on that as we go through. Thank you, Karen. Um, now we're going to hear from um, Derek Thomas. Good afternoon, and thank you, Scott. Uh, my name is Derek Thomas. I am the Vice President of Business Development for Veritas Farms. We are a fully vertically integrated, uh, full-spectrum hemp oil company. Our farm is in Pueblo, Colorado. We also have about 70,000 square feet of manufacturing facility. Uh, so we do everything right on the farm. Uh, we obviously grow, we extract, we manufacture, research and development formulations, pack, label, ship, everything right from the farm. So we're kind of unique. Uh, in that element, we sell in about 42 states. We've been in business since 2015, and uh, very excited to be here. Thank you, Derek. Um, and finally, uh, Dr. Jokubas Zaburkas. Yes. How did I do? Pretty good, actually. Thank I, you. I also go by Dr. Z, if it's easier. I'm a PhD. I'm a neuroscientist by training. I've done extensive research on epilepsy neurological disorders and the last few years in the lab concentrated on actions of cannabinoids on the brain activity in relation to epilepsy. I'm also an entrepreneur, so I have a company called Meditoris LLC. It's a health and wellness company where hemp is the central plant and we're also working with many other natural products and ingredients around the hemp plant. And we have a line of products called Florence that you can see when you walk in, it's on the far right. Um, so I'm a product formulator too. Uh, we're vertically integrated in Europe um, and we're present in Europe and United States. And uh, there's nothing along the path from the seed to the box to where the product is that I don't touch or any one of our leaderships doesn't touch. So we're intricately involved. And all of our formulations are completely original. Um, and we produce a couple of products for European partners as well. Thanks. Thank you, Dr. Z. All right. So. Um, the the panel is named Therapeutic Efficacy of Full-Spectrum CBD versus Single Molecule CBD. Um, there's a paper that was cited in it called Overcoming the Bell-Shaped Dose Response of Cannabidiol by Using Cannabis Extract Enriched in Cannabidiol. Uh, there's also another paper, Taming THC Potential Cannabis Synergy and Phytocannabinoid Terpenoid Entourage Effects. I think those are both very good papers for people that want to educate themselves more on this subject. But what I'd like to do now is I'd like to hear from each panelist in turn in terms of what they think is the most um, key takeaway from their perspective for uh, audience members today on this subject. And I'd like to start with Dr. Z and work my way back. Uh, specifically about bell-shaped curve uh, paper, if uh, you're not familiar with it, the paper essentially compared uh, isolate CBD with an extract that contains CBD. And when they increased the concentration of uh, CBD, at some point it was really effective and then the effectiveness of it dropped off. So it's the bell shape is where it's uh, low concentration is a little effective, more concentration is more effective, and then higher concentration it actually the effectivity starts dropping off. So that's the bell shaped curve for everybody to understand. And when they compared it with a full spectrum extract, they saw that 
that relationship and raising the concentration for CBD within the full spectrum extract had a more of a linear relationship. So it, did, it didn't exhibit a bell-shaped curve, but rather increases in CBD concentration within the full spectrum extract resulted in a more direct linear relationship with a concentration of CBD without losing effectivity. So this is, uh, again, a clinical study, and I think the second paper you referred to is a classic by Ethan Russo, uh, Taming THC. I highly recommend for anybody that's interested in full spectrum and terpenes entourage effect to read that paper. That paper inspired me, uh, has been inspiring me for the past few years to do a lot of work. And the paper essentially explains how we cannot view cannabis plant as one molecule. We have to view it as a collection of molecules. And where certain molecules interact with each other, creating synergistic effects that are beneficial. And sometimes they're also creating antagonistic effects, which can also be beneficial, but can be also not so beneficial. And the sense of antagonistic, if THC may cause anxiety through activation of CB1 receptor, then CBD is actually anxiolytic. And higher concentrations of THC cause anxiety, higher concentrations of CBD is actually more anxiolytic. So this is an example of taming THC, the interactions where the effect is not necessarily always boosted, but it's a complex interaction of these molecules. And as uh, uh, Dr. mentioned, at the very beginning, it's uh, matching that whole plant and whole plant components to the whole body. We're not one isolated system, one isolated organ. We're a very complex body system. The whole plant interacting with the whole body, it's a more of a holistic approach. So when you talk about the extracts, you really have to start understanding many different ingredients and details within that. And. Um, I don't know if you're going to talk about this, but there's a recent study on epilepsy and raising the concentration of CBD, uh, showing that uh, there is uh, accommodation and there is essentially uh, a recent clinical study in Israel shows that uh, about 30% of patients taking CBD actually accommodate to it. So they either need higher concentrations or much higher concentrations to see an effect or the effect is, is wearing off in about a third of these patients. So this is a newest clinical study. I think they just presented at American Epilepsy Society. The studies where they conducted in um, isolated, purified standardized? No, that was an extract, actually. So it showed so that it even within extract. the extract, uh, in about a third of patients uh, showed a, basically a need for higher concentration, so wearing, weaning off of the therapeutic effect. Thank you. Derek, um, I know that you are uh, intimately aware of um, many of the factors that are impacting uh, product development and, and the future of um, cannabis th therapeutics here in the U.S. Can you talk on that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So I wasn't invited to join the panel due to my vast clinical experience because compared to the rest of the panel, I don't have it. But what I do have is a pretty strong experience in the commercialization of all these products, uh, both in the United States, but we also have a lot of partners throughout Europe and Latin America. So what we've noticed and what we've strived to do at Veritas Farms is uh, not so much work with the smoke shops and dispensaries, not that there's anything wrong with them. That's where patients have been able to go for the past decade to get medicine. 
uh, and it's, it's been critical to the role that, that uh, the fruition of CBD, it's been critical to that. But what we're doing now is we're working with uh, everyone from dermatologists uh, to rheumatologists, internal medicine doctors, we do custom formulations. So we have a lot of anecdotal experience from these different practices. Uh, and what we've realized is the broad stroke is that full spectrum tends to be more efficacious than CBD isolate in most cases. Uh, and that's, that's where we believe that uh, the trend will continue uh, until really the United States and the rest of the world can do some proper uh, long-term clinical trials. As uh, Dr. Z mentioned, there's so many different uh, variables and factors that can play into these tests. You know, this, the state of your own endocannabinoid system, your metabolism, your size and weight, uh, whatever condition it is that you're trying to alleviate. Uh, and then also, you know, not just all the different cannabinoids, but the flavonoids, the terpenes, carbolic acids, all these elements that are in uh, the cannabis plant. So that's really what we're doing is we're trying to offer what we think is the most efficacious type of product uh, for the broad general public and then as we can catch up to the Europeans and the Israelis and they can even further advance their work what we would do is then create products based off of that research. So we're continually monitoring these smaller trends but right now we just want to offer what we believe is uh, what will work the best for the most amount of people. Thank you, Derek. Um, back to the um, the accommodation of patients who are who are using um, extracts or standardized versions of it. Um, one of the anecdotal um, feedbacks that I've received regarding cannabis therapeutics is that to avoid the um, the accommodation effect is to vary the strain. And it is a complicated subject where you have various um, strains of cannabis that have um, oftentimes unknown constituents because the, the, the chemistry just isn't there to identify the hundreds and hundreds of different phytochemicals that are in the plant. And um, we're not even moving close to that because once you once you have the chemistry to identify and evaluate a potency level for all of the different chemical constituencies then you also have to identify how they interact with each other and without knowing that it's it's still a challenge but one of the things that I'd be interested in knowing is whether or not the study that was conducted was on a single strain um, therapeutic or whether or not they had attempted to vary the strain to see whether or not they could um, um, avoid the the accommodation because one thing that you don't want to see is patients having to increase and increase and increase their dose just to get to a therapeutic level that's an undesirable um, situation in, in pharmacology but um, uh, thank you, Dr. Z and Derek. We're gonna we're gonna hear from um, Karen now on her experience as a clinician and a researcher, and what she thinks is is a key takeaway for your understanding on this subject. So, one of the things that I think is important to highlight in that full spectrum category is there's a huge variability in the full spectrum products that are out there. Um, a lot of it will depend on the strain of the plant and the 
the way that it's grown and the way that it's processed and harvested and what parts of the plant are being used and how far down the extraction chain that finished product that you're purchasing goes. Um, you can have something that's labeled as full spectrum, but when you actually look at the cannabinoid and terpene content of it, it's still primarily 70, 80% CBD, and uh, the bulk of the other cannabinoids and terpenes have been extracted out um, because it's been heavily processed. And so just because something says on paper that it's a full spectrum, you have to dig a little bit deeper and find out how full spectrum that, that profile really is. That's one of the things that I think is a, is a key to, to take a look at. And then clinically, what I see is even with various full, even with a full spectrum that is a robust full, full spectrum product, there's still variability in the dosing and the patient responses. Um, and so you have to individualize that um, each, with each individual person. And one of the things that you, Chandra, touched on briefly is there are certain strains and cannabinoid profiles and terpene profiles, and this is something that will be coming, right? We can develop those and use those for specific applications. And clinically, the feedback that we get from clinical research, that helps then inform those profiles that we put together. Thank you. So I'm going to take this from a patient perspective, just so you can see through my eyes the difference of how we work. Serving our patients over the course of the last three years, they all came in with all these questions about, I want CBD oil. I, I want to feel better. Um, and we know that this can help treat us. And so what we would first explain to them what cannabis is. And really when you think about of all the cannabinoids or parts, components of this flower, and it's cannabinoids, it's terpenes, it's flavonoids, it consists of a lot of different things. There's a mirror image of that in him. So that's where we are with those two. And what we see is that the patients want to use this in order to feel better. And we do that by making sure we take a specific strain and treating it with a specific ailment. And so if you were to say we talked about like lemon skunk earlier, you know, today, and when you think about lemon skunk, what gives it its characteristics? Well, then we're looking at the terpene because the terpene, the limonene is actually what's bringing that particular characteristic to this plant. And so it has a natural antidepressant effect. So that coupled with everything in here is gonna actually treat the patient and is very similar that we have in hemp. But we have grouped all of hemp together in this one category where each different batch or line is genetically different and evolved from the other. So now what we've done is strip everything from these two plants and said what is relevant here. And what I found working with the patients is that those that are truly looking for a CBD effect because they don't want the THC effect that they have to decide, do you wanna go with the isolate the just one molecule of CBD from this plant, or if you wanna take everything with it and minus out THC. 
So that's really what the question is my patients are having. And for me, I said, you know, the first thing, well, why wouldn't you want the effects of cannabis? Because I can tell you exactly how that works. I've studied it, I've looked at profiles, and the number one issue we've gotten, and the yes, I'm located in Washington, D.C., is that we do not want the presence of THC. And the presence of THC cannot, it comes up, my drug testing, let's just keep it <laughs> real here. I don't want it to come up in drug testing. I worked in the federal government. I'm a teacher, there's the randomization there. But they still want the effects of what cannabis has to offer. And so what we had to do is trying to find a healthcare solution. The second issue I actually had was that we don't want to go to the Department of Health and give them our IDs, our social security numbers, we want patient privacy, and we're not getting it by disclosing that we're a part of a medical program. They feel like that this is an invasion. If you sign up for your doctor, you don't have to disclose that. And why do you have to do it with the Department of Health? And so now, we're looking at patients trying to find a way to treat themselves with all the benefits of cannabis, but to do it without having their patient privacy um, being submitted to the Department of Health or even doing this so that they don't get screened on drug tests. So with that being said, a CBD isolate is going to be the closest, in my opinion, that you're going to be able to get without being flagged in the full spectrum. Again, if you think about the full spectrum, everything is taken from the hemp plant, including trace amounts of THC. Now, if it's a one-time usage, it won't you won't show up. But if you use it systemically every day over a course of time, it will show up. And so with that, that's something that patients don't realize and are not educated on. So when you think about the points that strike home with me, that's really the true issue because I've known people that were terminated from their jobs when they said, I just bought this full spectrum um, product off of the internet and I got positive for THC and I have no way to sustain my life. How am I going to pay my rent when I was told that it did not affect my drug test? So again, you know, I think about it from an uh, advocacy point for the patients. How can we treat patients that don't want to do that and still have the benefits and the health care that they need? And truly what this is is about access to health care. So I got a little patient. Thank you. That's that's a lot there. Um, <laughs> I I definitely agree that the the criminally insane policy, federal policy on testing for THC, um, definitely needs to be changed. All it does is hurt people. That's its only um, outcome. It has no benefit. Uh, but even outside of that, employers will still have an opportunity to use that as a screen for employees. And that becomes a lot more difficult to overcome, um, even though we've had our challenges with the, the federal level. So it is, um, it's, it's something that um, is, is a big problem for a lot of people who are trying to use this therapeutic um, to make their lives better. And then they go out into this uh, 
relatively unregulated uh, environment and they use products that they believe are going to um, allow them to get therapy and not uh, jeopardize their employment situation or their legal situation or their uh, their privacy etc and so on and because of um, because of the Wild West type situation we have we have people essentially getting popped trying to use CBD um, trying to do what's right and um, we, we definitely see an, a lot of need for standardization which comes back to what Karen was talking about which is the the question of what is full spectrum um, right now we're using that and for the longest time, I've, I've had a well-developed position on this where you have um, isolated purified, you have minimally processed, and then you have um, essentially full spectrum. So full spectrum would be something that would um, identically match the uh, essential oil of the cannabis plant that you're using. The minimally processed would be something that either went through an organic solvent or a CO2 solvent or had some kind of decarboxylation or winterization or a number of other things that essentially brought the um, flower product into a more usable, um, desirable um, type of product. And then, and then you get into um, from there, the minimally processed, you would get into the standardized versions. And that's where um, you see isolate and or various isolates of terpene fractions and cannabinoids being recombined into some kind of um, carrier that allows you to essentially control for all of the components of a cannabis therapeutic. And I think it's important um, that we that we keep in mind that um, if we were to if we were to uh, attempt to fully exploit the the promise of cannabis, we would probably have room for all three types of products. We would have uh, full spectrum products available for those who wish to use them. Um, we would have the minimally processed for those who who uh, chose to use them, and then we would have the uh, the custom formulated, standardized versions for for people who could best benefit from those. Now, on that subject, where do you? Um, I mean, I know that Derek, you had mentioned you you saw the 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 future of. Uh, cannabis therapeutics going in a very definitive um, direction, but do you do you see room for all three options? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question, and I do for a number of reasons. I think you're always going to have uh, certain industries or certain um, government bodies who just don't want any type of THC, which is unfortunate and it's unfair, but it'll probably be the reality. I think you will see, maybe not on a federal level, but at least on a state and municipality level where they do accept some levels of THC. Um, will it ever happen for the military? Hard to say. Will it ever happen for, uh, for private companies? Really unfortunate, but hard to say. That being said, um, whether we're talking about full spectrum, broad spectrum, or CBD isolate, um, and if, if CBD isolate is determined to be less efficacious and, and uh, it's completely legal federally, you can test it whatever percentage, I think there will be CBD isolate still on the market, uh, A, for cost reasons and, and um, 
you know, consumers uh, approachability in terms of uh, a basket value. Uh, but also because some products are just easier to make with isolate. For example, gummies are probably the hottest thing here right now. Uh, and it's just easier to bake with isolate than it is with uh, full spectrum oil. So I think you'll always see all three in the market, uh, despite what regulations end up being. But I think all of us agree that we hope uh, that it will be done right and that patients will be able to protect their privacy uh, and their rights uh, and still um, have access to whether they need to test it 0.1 or 0.3 or somewhere higher than that. Thank you. And Karen, um, in your practice and in your research, in terms of the, the various uh, options that are out there, what is important to you? Do you think you need access to all three types of products? Or do you lean towards uh, more of a standardized version right out of the gate? What do you find is, is most, uh, in your toolbox for helping people, what do you think is most important? So I, I need access to it, at least a minimum, the full spectrum and the THC-free broad spectrum because there just there are inevitably patients that I work with or that we all work with that require the fully, fully THC-free product um, for their work or for, you know, for whatever reason that they have. And so I still need access to that and you need that clinically to meet that <coughs> THC-free need, but then also to take advantage of those additional benefits that those cannabinoids and terpenes that somewhat still remain in that broad spectrum product because they do amplify and potentiate a lot of those benefits. Um, I have switched away from using just a straight isolate early on. Um, I did use it. Some of that had to do with some of the technology, um, delivery technology, and it was being used in the isolate form and I was using that. Just what I see panning out clinically, I, I got better effects with at least a broad spectrum and the full spectrum than I saw with the isolate. Thank you. Um, I'm not sure how we're supposed to do questions. Is there someone here who can um, go around with the microphone, the guy who... Can I yeah. make a few comments, actually? Yes, Dr. Z, go ahead. Yeah, I'd like to uh, maybe change the conversation a little bit. CBD is food, hemp is food, so it's not only medicine we're talking about. Um, hemp has many different components. The reason why you may want full spectrum is because, of course, THC binds to CB1 receptors and minimal amount of THC will bind to CB1 receptors, but hemp is incredibly rich in beta-caryophyllin, which is a terpene, it's a sesquiterpene. It's a CB2 receptor selective agonist. So if you want to engage the endocannabinoid system, which has CB1, CB2 receptors, it's a system that's linked with other systems like serotonin and so on, then you want the full spectrum. And when you don't have the full spectrum, you will not have the CB2 agonist, for example, like beta-carophyllin or the terpenes that the doctor mentioned. But I'd like to also change a little bit the way we think about this. This is health and wellness. I see CBD in food. I see CBD in farms, in fisheries, in the feed. I see traces of cannabinoids entering back into our lives. So when we talk about medicine, we can drive again CBD into pharmaceutical realm because nobody will approve medicine without having FDA approval. Or we can coexist 
in this holistic realm and this medical cannabis realm, which is very unique because we don't have medical lavender, but we have medical cannabis. When we talk about CBD, we're not talking about medical cannabis. We're talking about hemp because CBD is also found in flax. CBD is also found in, in other plants. So maybe hemp may not be the best source of CBD someday. We, we, don't, we, don't, we don't know that yet. Um, one way in which I envision full spectrum extracts versus uh, processed or raw fresh juice versus pasteurized from concentrate. Which one do you prefer? Which one do you use? And there's uses for all of them and people will buy all of them and will reap benefits from it in, in many ways. Um, now, the 0.3% THC, this is not the plant. This is the regulators. The plant actually likes to go to 0 0.6, 0 0.8, 1% THC. And in Europe, each country has a different setting for THC. Most of Europe is 0.2. If you go to Switzerland, it's 1%. If you go to Italy, it's 0.6% THC. Why? Because when you limit the THC, the plant is growing in natural environment. If we're talking about grow local, eat local, it's reacting to the evolution, it's reacting to the nature, just like the humans that are surrounding that plant. So having a little bit of THC is actually highly therapeutic. Medical cannabis industry has concentrated on concentrating THC. But in our experience, when we work with medical doctors in Europe, 0.6% THC, 1% THC, 2% THC may be all that is, not, that is necessary for the medical therapeutic effect. If you want euphoria effect, 2% may not do it for you. So, and I surely hope that we go away from gummy bears and go into good products because it's not about isolate, it's not about full spectrum, it's about plant that has been cultivated, that has been cared for, loved, extract that has been cared for, loved, and great quality products. And let's go away from concentration of CBD because in some instances, 3,000 milligrams CBD is not as effective as 150 milligrams of CBD. Why? Because of the product. It's not even the isolate. If you take the same isolate and combine it synergistically with other elements in the nature and plants, that same one milligram of CBD can be 10 times more effective. So let's go away from concentration, which is important, and it's important because of drug and drug interactions. High levels of CBD will interact with anti-epileptic medications, will interact with other medications. Having more in the full spectrum, when you have a patient that comes in with 10 different medications, and you're looking at drug and drug interactions, maybe CBD isolate is the first choice to see if that person is reacting to CBD at all. If it's not, maybe you want to move on to the full spectrum. But that's the points that I wanted to mention so that we have less gummy bears and pay attention to what's the ingredients in gummy bears apart from the isolate that's CBD. I, I think that's a good point. I think that we should strive to be good stewards 
of the, uh, the future of our relationship with cannabis by imparting knowledge and education to make sure that people are aware of the factors that you're talking about. But we should also have an open mind and a little bit of um, freedom to explore what we don't yet know uh, and not, not isolate ourselves too quickly or too fully to prevent ourselves because one thing that I've seen with science and understanding is it's always evolving. Um, so it's only when you um, basically put it in a box and make that box the end-all be-all um, that it becomes wrong. It just becomes outdated at some point or it becomes blind to new developments. So I think it's important not to do that, but I think there's a, a great deg degree of responsibility of, of scientists and clinicians and um, stewards of the, um, of the direction of our relationship with cannabis product producers and so forth. But I just wanted to try and get in any um, any audience questions before that was like one of my biggest goals was to get at least one so what do we got right here That's an important question. I'm going to restate it, and then I'm going to open it up to the panel who wants to address it. I mean, I'll, I'll take it a little bit. But she's asking the difference between um, doing an extraction, isolating the different portions, and then recombining it. <clears throat> From my point of view, um, you're, you're basically taking your wisdom, your understanding of the different components, and you're saying these components in these ratios are important, and I'm standardizing this formulation. Whereas when you have when you have the unprocessed or the minimally processed, there's a fair degree of taint. There's a bunch of stuff in there that you don't know, and um, you're not um, controlling the ratios of the different components. So that's how I look at it. But how do you see it, Shonda? No. Um, so here we go into the manufacturing of the product. So I will say this is that I do believe in the raw product. I believe in cannabis. I've seen it work. And we go through in a typical extraction process, we strip the plant of everything inside of it. So if you can imagine, let me just do something easy for you. If you can envision how to make a tincture, you have this flour and you put it in grain alcohol. I'm gonna do an alcohol extraction. You can put it, you know, um, some people's grandmothers <laughs> used to take it and put it in a dark place and let it sit for about two weeks and it cures and they come out and everything that was inside that plant is now in this liquid. So what they do now is actually you can get a magic butter and just fill it up and push a button for two second, two minutes and then you have your um, tincture. And so they strain off all of the cannabis from it, and then you have this liquid form, and you drop it under your tongue, or my mom's microdose it in their bottles, water bottles throughout the day, and soccer practice is so wonderful, right? And so, <laughs> you know, you could think about it like that. But now, if you're doing that, what we have is everything inside the plant. So what an isolate does is that we're saying, Oh, CBD, which is only one component of everything that's in that liquid now, we're going to take out. 
and then treat patients with that. And so it can be just that component, but as you see, it's an isolate can be have added terpenes to it. So now it's the isolate plus terpenes. So the terpenes can add a different a benefit. So not necessarily, it's still just the one um, cannabinoid, now with additional stuff. And I think that's the point that Scott. That still an isolate? It's still. So what we call it, it I like, I'll call it driving. What it is now, it's an isolate that has a right-hand turn because you just gave it some direction by using that terpene. So it's still an isolate, but now if you look at the ingredients on the box, it'll say, now we have this added thing added into your isolate. So we're getting so much more complicated here in um, the cannabis and hemp world. It's getting so much it's confusing for the patient and the end user because we just don't know what that is and how to read that and to understand the true medical benefits of it. So that's really what we're in. in. Now you know the secret of how to make a tincture. <laughs> but yeah. So it would be a formulation, a standardized product. Yes. Now. So broad spectrum. So that's a great, that's, this is the understanding I need you to have, so I'm so excited. Which is that when I went and did that alcohol extraction to make my tincture, I took everything and then I dropped it under my tongue. I didn't just isolate one molecule of that tincture formulation. If I made that one, took out that one CBD, now it's an isolate. It's an isolate tincture. but. If I kept it all in, then now I have full spectrum. So if I did that with the hemp plant, the same thing, I have everything but only with trace amounts of THC, where cannabis can have higher concentrations. So those are the two marked differences, which is the THC composition. Does that answer your question? Yes, it is. No, not in full full spectrum. No. Unless you add full spectrum back into the distillate preparation, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, and that's where that's where the argument comes with, because as I stated before, I mean, yes, they're mo it's more efficacious with the full spectrum. I see that in cannabis every day. I can tell everyone here, no question about it. The issue comes in the policy where it'll appear on my drug test. Oh, okay, then it's like I have to sign over my social security number to the Department of Health, and therefore that's where policy is impacting healthcare. And so that's the reason why people will go to an isolate versus getting the full spectrum of medicinal benefits from just having the full spectrum, or people refer as the broad spectrum, um, unless you start to do some of this reverse engineering that we said. Well, another another factor to consider is when I was talking about um, accommodation. Dr. Z brought it up. Um, Karen, you're you're a, a, an enthusiast in CrossFit. You're very knowledgeable about that, right? 
so when when you train your body as an athlete, if you train exactly the same way, you stop getting results or you become accommodated to it. So when you talk about uh, broad spectrum versus full spectrum, where you remove THC, you remove one component, and then you put back the, the, the cocktail of unknowns, then that might be where you're keeping the buffer against accommodation, that group of unknowns, where that group of unknowns will change over time as the plant changes and so forth. Looks like um, we're about to get kicked out. Do we have one more question? <laughs> Um, I saw him first, I'm sorry. So, just to piggyback on what she said, because there's a lot of products being labeled full spectrum, but THC free. So theoretically, what you're saying is that's not full spectrum, that's just broad spectrum yes. with fancy talk. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lots of fancy that. talk. Second thing. So essentially, in the future, this medication is going to be compartmentalizing all the cannabinoids and then re-diagnosing it per person, basically, saying, my hope is that it's going to be broad spectrum. Yes. Yes. That's where we're going. Yes. Yes. I'm sorry, there was questions back here in front. Yes, ma'am. Go ahead, then. I won't, I'll answer all the questions. For you. <laughs> it, it does change the efficacy. You know, certain, certain extraction processes end up with plant metabolites and chlorophyll and things like that in the end product, and that does compromise the efficacy of the product and the taste and the clarity and all of that. So, yeah, it has a big impact. There's another extraction uh, method. So CO, there's a CO2, which is a very good job. And there's another newer one, Phytonics, that also does a very good job of preserving that full, full, true full spectrum of all the cannabinoids and terpenes without the plant metabolites and the chlorophyll and all of that. Derek, did you want to comment on that? Yeah, I was going to add, we actually do a cold ethanol extraction. Um, and the reason we do that is because it, as all of you know, uh, extracts polar and nonpolar elements of the plant. Um, those of those companies who choose to do CO2 extraction, they are getting the full spectrum of cannabinoids, flavonoids, terpenes. Uh, but we believe, you know, from a more holistic standpoint, the chlorophyll, the carbolic acids, the polysaccharides, those are important as well. Uh, so we choose to do an ethanol extraction. But uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what new technologies come out. In fact, I've never even heard of the one you just mentioned. Uh, Phytonics. So we're certainly going to do our due diligence into that one. But we believe in cold ethanol extraction. It's more commercially viable for us, but we also like the holistic element that it gets uh, you know all of the plants beneficial properties or a majority of them dr. Z I think you wanted to say something on yeah, this very quick comments uh, there was uh, zero percent THC CBD distillates in the Western states before hemp was legal I don't know if that answers a little bit of your question why there was removing why you would want to remove it actually not just for for testing purposes, but actually people were extracting marijuana and needed to remove THC. So that, that was happening. The other thing is, um, uh, in my personal experience, 80% of doctors we work with or patients or users, they use a variety of hemp products. It's, it's never one product. It's never a tincture. And you may want to 
use a tincture before you go to sleep. You may want to use protein powder before you go work out. You may want to use an isolate CBD distillate with certain terpene because it makes you more social. So it's uh, working with patients through doctors. We realized it's a variety of products, individualized products, but it's also usually more than one that answers their question or, or gives them a solution. Thank you. We have two outstanding questions. We had one back here, and then we have one up here, and then I think we're probably going to get kicked out. But um, <clears throat> the question is, as a consumer, how do you know that you're getting a correct product? It, so a consumer who's trying to use a CBD product who doesn't want to have THC in their system, how do you know as a consumer? Now, before I turn it over to the panel, um, that's what I do. Uh, people bring me products and I tell you what's in it. We, we currently evaluate for 17 cannabinoids and 20-something uh, terpenes and about 30 other components, but um, without actual lab testing and some kind of certification, I'm not sure how you would know that unless you had um, some other system in place that, um, that essentially became mature and, and trustworthy. Um, but I will ask the panel what their opinion is on it. So I, I just want to say you, you need to be asking the company that you're purchasing it from, you need to be asking them for a third party, not an internal in-house COA, but a third party COA. There was a paper that came out in the Journal of American Medical Association last fall and they looked at 80 some CBD products that they purchased online that were available in the marketplace at that time. Close to 70, 70% of them did not have the CBD concentrations in them that were on the label, and there was a large percentage of them that had significant THC cons con concentrations in them that were not on the label. So it wasn't even that it was a full spectrum or a CBD THC concentration that was on the label, it was not, it was THC free. So you have to be diligent in asking for those third party lab <laughs>